You're listening to Like Flint Radio, part of the Revelations Radio Network. Alrighty, well, welcome to Like Flint Radio. I'm your host, GK. You can find us on the web at www.likeflintradio.com. This is episode 33 of Like Flint Radio. With me on the line, I have Marcus Allen from Truth in 7 Minutes. Welcome to Like Flint Radio, Marcus Allen. Well, thanks for having me, Garth, and I appreciate that I'm episode number 33. Now, listen, Mark, uh, Marcus, um, that's, I'm glad you took note of that. I wanted to ask you just a question straight up before we get into it. Are you a member of any secret societies? Uh, absolutely not and never would be. Never, ever, ever. No. <laughs> okay. So I've asked that, but are you a, me- are you a, um, a member of a, any secret societies that, uh, hold the number 33 in high regard? And then, and no, no, 33, nor 93, nor 15, 11, 8, or 32. Those are the, those are the coded numbers. In fact, I just blogged about that. So no, I have nothing to do with those numbers or them. Mm-mm. All right. Well, the main reason I'm asking you, Marcus, is because I want to know, how did you organize to make this show 33? <laughs> it's a, it's a conspiracy, dude, as they always say here in the movies. Well, well I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, I want our listeners to know that we're also blogging at 9.11. It's uh, 9 o'clock where you are and 11 o'clock where, where I am. That's uh, right. And so my next question is, um, how did you organize that? Actually, I did organize that, mm-hmm. but I had no idea about the 11 part. Uh, the 9 o'clock part is because I never do morning interviews because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> and we were trying to figure out our Australian – uh, slash United States, perfect time to talk, and it just so happened to be nine o'clock. So okay. there are coincidences. Okay, all right. So, all right, we'll, so get into, we'll get into coincidences, though. I'm not a big believer in those, no. Fantastic, because I'm the opposite. I absolutely believe in them. That's going to be a good topic. Before we get okay. underway, Marcus, um, can you tell our audience a bit about yourself and then sure. tell us about um, what Truth in Seven Minutes is about? But kick off with about you first, if you don't mind. Sure, I'll give you the short version. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, well, I live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I literally live next to Amish people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people mistakenly think that they don't have electric and they don't have cell phones, etc. That's not true. They do. They just do it in a different form, actually. Uh, we can get into that if you'd like. I do want and, to ask, yeah. I'm sorry? It's my first question for you when you finish this part. Oh, um, okay. So I just want to know, how did you read my um, on my sheet here? This is getting weird. Uh, 33, 9-11, you got my first question. Um, well, you you asked me about me, so I live in Lancaster okay. County. and uh, I'm for, I think I'm 48 years old. I do not do birthdays. I don't count. I don't want to count to you know how much time I have left on the planet. Um, I'm a, a, proud to say that I'm a uh, husband and dad to two children. Uh, I do a daily blog and soon podcast mm-hmm. and soon daily videos about, uh, you know, about life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know something is wrong about life. Uh, I didn't for the longest time know exactly what it is. I'm slowly finding out what that is. And, and every day I just take a topic that makes me ponder and I post what I think about it on my site. And that's pretty much it. I do it for a full time. Basis, I do not have a real job. My wife is a school teacher, which pays the bills, and anything that I bring in is, you know, goes towards finding, you know, experiments, finding out how life really works. I'm big into health, so I do a lot of health experiments. Right. Uh, things like, you know, is salt good for you? Are glasses good for you? I know, I know we're going to talk about that because last yep. time we spoke, we talked about that. Yeah. So that's what I do. I just, I'm very, I'm the most curious person on the planet. I'm the most skeptical person on the planet. Good. And I'm also the most optimistic person that comes with the skepticism. A lot of people think that if you're a critical thinker and you're skeptical, that you're a pessimist. And I, and I completely get that. A lot of people I know are very much like that. And I used to hang around people like that for years who would just complain about how life stinks and and it's, you know, it's a manufactured reality, which it is, but I think you can live in a manufactured reality kind of with one foot and with the other foot really enjoy what life has to offer. So I'm very optimistic like that. 
it's a good point of view to hold. Um, you can still be, uh, you can be skeptical and you can be optimistic at the same time. I like that. Um, before we move on, can you tell us, um, how did you get the title of your, uh, your website and, you know, the truth in seven minutes? What's that come from? Well, actually, it's uh, an eight-year delay. When I first started it uh, back in September 11, 2008, the idea was that I could explain what I thought really happened on 9-11 because 9-11 is not what we're told, and I could explain it away instead of these other websites. That I mean, there are websites that literally all they do is talk about a conspiracy on 9-11. And I said, I know I can explain that in seven minutes. Now, I also taught marketing for 12 years, and I know that if you can do something with the number seven, I'll tell you a quick story about that. I helped an Amish health food store owner from his garage yep. turn a business into a multiple, multiple million dollar business with the number seven. And I told him, if you, if you charge for your products and it ends in the number seven, statistics show that you're going to sell more of that product doesn't matter if it's this, if you put two products exactly the same side by side, one ends in the zero or nine and the other one ends in seven. And he did this. You're going to sell a lot more of them ending in seven. And he did that. He put like a whole stack of things priced at blah, 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 nine. The other stack was at seven and it sold a lot more at seven. So I know that the number seven, uh, for whatever reason, people really latch onto. So that's the reason I took the number seven, but I really can. I can literally, and that's what I do on my blog every day is I show people in seven minutes or less, you know, what the truth, my truth is uh, about any topic. Yeah. Look, I, I like the idea and there will, I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions a bit later on as well, but listen, let's do it. I'm curious about the Amish. Um, I, I've just always been curious about them because as far as I know, there's only one genuine Amish family in the whole of Australia. So we don't okay. get we don't get to know anything about them. So I know you live in Amish country. Can you tell us? You've just told us a little bit already, but can you tell us a bit about your experiences just to satisfy my curiosity, if not anybody else's? Like, do they live a healthy lifestyle? Is that what they're no, about? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. They eat Cheetos and Doritos, and they <laughs> it's, it's it's actually quite stunning and disappointing. Right. right. Uh, they go to they go to the regular grocery store down the block. Uh, at the same time, they kill their own meat, they grow their own vegetables, etc. It's a very odd concoction. So no, they are not healthy at all. What they are healthy, they, what they are healthy is they walk an average of 17,000 steps a day. And they also walk barefoot. Now, I didn't know that. Now that, that boggles my mind because if I go out to get my mail, which I'm looking out my window, yeah. is literally like 20 steps away from where I'm standing right now. Yeah. I will come back in utter pain from the little gravel in the, in the driveway. Yeah. They, they will run on rocks. It's amazing. They've totally acclimated their feet to the conditions. Another thing about the Amish that most people don't know is they only bathe once a week Whoa. on a Saturday. Right. And they do not smell good. They may <laughs> think they smell good. They do not smell good. So they have these drivers because they're not allowed to, they have very weird laws. They're not allowed to drive a car. Yeah. But it's okay if someone else drives them in their car. Right. So they have entire an entire industry where people will drive them to town, to, uh, across the country, et cetera. Yep. I would not want to be one of those drivers because it really <laughs> reeks in that car. Uh, they, they say that they don't do electric. That's another lie. They actually do electric. They just don't take it off the grid. They create their own electric through uh, diesel generators. Right. What else do they do that would surprise you? Oh, they're they're some of the most athletic people. They play softball and baseball and ice hockey, and it's fantastic to see that. So, they even have like okay, Amish so cheerleaders. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, they, okay. I, know. Like, I know a lot of things that that really surprised me because again, in life we're we're the culture creation industry, and I hope we can talk about that. They, they get they give us this idea that you know the you know, like uh, I'm going to do a post about this, like Iran, for example. Mm. Iran is dusty and it's bombed out and it's mm. full of terrorists and all that. Iran is the most beautiful place on the planet. Right. Skiers from all around the world, goats, their mountains are majestic, beautiful skiing conditions. The people are beautiful. They have malls and very modern skyscrapers. 
in Iran. But the culture creation industry tells us it's the opposite. And that's the same thing with the Amish. They give us the idea that they're this way, but I'm living here with them and it is not exactly as we're told. Okay. All right. Cool. Now, I've always been fascinated by them. Um, listen, just to give people a taste of what your website and that is about and how you can do and deal with things in short, sharp and quick. Um, I've got a quick fire, rapid fire one for you. Let's do it. Tell us about boosting our wireless signal with my head. Yeah. That was just a couple of days ago. Yeah. So if you take your, if you take your cell phone, for example, and you put it towards your head, your head, mm-hmm. the fluids in your head acts as a, a boosting antenna. Right. So you'll actually literally get a, a better signal. So if you're out in the sticks like I am and you have one bar, mm-hmm. if you put it uh, next to above your eye, actually, uh, it seems to be the sweet spot. You get right. a better signal. Okay. If you have a key fob, for example, on your on your with your keys and you're mm-hmm. at the mall and you go to you know unlock your door and it's not working, if you literally put that in the same spot above the near the temple of your head, right. You can play like tricks on, I, I've actually done this, I've recorded this. Yeah. I, I, you know, I said to someone who's standing next to me, hey, you can't open your car, let, let me do it. And I put it next to my head and it will open the door and they get freaked <laughs> out by that. Yeah, I like it, it's a good one. I read it the other day and I thought, yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I knew I just had to ask you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good one. Listen, another one, um, that I heard you talk about, I think it was a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. I've actually put this one into practice. Um, okay. My eyes are very photo, photosensitive, and um, especially under fluoro uh, lights, right? I get a lot of headaches. And yep. um, hence, when I go outside from that, I automatically put on sunglasses, and I have for years. I've been wearing sunglasses outside for I can't remember how long. I've just always got sunnies on. And I heard you I'm, – I'm going to ask you why, but, but I heard you talking about it, about how we should let our eyes have some natural sunlight and to take the sunglasses off. So what I did was I actually put it into practice. I thought, oh, I'm going to give this a go, you know. It took a little while to get used to it first, like I was like, you know, a bat going outside into the sun, you know. But sure. I did it for a couple of weeks, and then now that's turned into months. And now naturally, um, say when I'm driving or I'm outside, I don't reach for the sunglasses anymore. And this is going to sound strange, and I can't explain it, but I feel all the better for it. But it doesn't work for my fluorophobia, but it does work for sunlight. Can you tell me why that works? Sure. Well, let's get to the fluorescent lights. The fluorescent lights, if you go on to YouTube and search for something like uh, lighting slow motion, mm-hmm. you'll see that all fluorescent lights use that ACDC current where it actually flickers the light. Yeah. yeah. So if you go into a retail store and they have fluorescent lights and all of a sudden you get tired, mm-hmm. I do. That's yeah. why. It's it's literally you're getting strobed. Yeah. But it's at a, a rate when it's normal motion you can't see it. Yeah. So that's the problem with fluorescent lights. Anytime my wife wants to go shopping and it's not at a high-end place, I know I, I have to stand outside because I'm going to get sluggish. Yeah. So that's the deal with the fluorescent part. Yeah. As far as the sunglasses go, yeah, I uh, maybe five years ago, one of my clients, I was in the advertising business. Mm-hmm. He t- he was an ophthalmologist. I th- that's an eye doctor. I think it is one of them. Ophthalmologists. Yep. Yep. And he's he told me flat out that eyeglasses were a scam. Okay. And when I asked him about that, he really didn't want to go into detail. And I looked into it, and I found out that glasses is the reason most people, almost all people, actually have worsening eyesight year after year. The reason right. when you go to the doctor, eye doctor. Mm-hmm. Every two years, and it's like, oh, you need to adjust your prescription, yep. is because eyeglasses make your eyesight worse. Yep. Sunglasses are the worst form of eyewear ever for right. many reasons. The big one is because you're not letting natural sunlight hit your retina, mm-hmm. and it literally deteriorates your eyesight. What's interesting is if you look at not the public royalty like the queen – but if you look at real royalty behind the scenes mm-hmm. and you look at the pictures of them in the sunlight with crowds of people, you'll see the crowds of people in the background wearing sunglasses and they never wear sunglasses. All right. So right. there's a reason for that. It just ruins your eyesight. Yep. Yep. I wrote a whole book about it. So, uh, and I have, I created my own exercises, which I offer. So yeah, I mean, if anyone, Again, I don't like to be absolutist. I'm not going to say 100% of people don't need it. There are people who have serious injuries 
But if you don't have an injury and you're being led down the path to mm-hmm. wearing sunglasses, uh, wearing glasses or sunglasses, it, you're, you're being scammed. Yeah. But before, on, before, yeah. before you go on, I have one more thing to say. Yeah. People are going to be like, well, what do you mean glasses are bad for you? Don't, yeah. doesn't it help you focus and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And it's true. There's a very small area of your eyesight that does go into focus. Mm-hmm. But what the eyeglass does is it actually, it, it, the reason why glasses are bad is because it, it stresses your eyes. If you want to have perfect 2020 vision, you eliminate the stress from your eyes. There are a bunch of uh, environmental factors that that cause you to have stressful eyes. Glasses one, computer, reading, all these things that have been introduced to us relatively recently within 100 years, 200 years, yeah, can, contributes to stressing us out. So what I do with my exercises, for example, is I do, it takes about three minutes, and it literally just melts the stress away from your eyes, and you're able to see better. Another little tip, if you don't believe me, you could take sea salt and put it on your tongue. And at about a minute later, if you look at the same thing that you were looking before taking in the sea salt, you will literally, it will literally sharpen up. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're reading my sheet here. My next question was, I wanted to talk about salt. Um, <laughs> it's, this is freaking me out. I, I eat, um, and I have for a number of years now, uh, probably 20 years now or more, I can't remember. But I've been eating unrefined sea salt. Um, mm-hmm. I stay away from the, the store-bought stuff. Is salt good or bad for you? It depends on the salt. If you have the right amount of the right type of salt, it's excellent for you. We here in the States, at least, have been sold down the river on the idea that salt's bad for us. And right. table salt is, is not good for you. I don't think it's as bad as they make it sound like. It's bad because it's been bleached and all the minerals have been stripped out. Right. When you eat the right type of salt and the right amount of salt, my life literally completely changed. Again, I wrote a book about that too. Completely changed almost overnight to yeah. the point where I, I, I mean, just everything from I'm no longer tired to I no longer have these weird uh, adult acne that really itches big time. A lot of people have that on their legs and their shins specifically. Right. There's all kinds of uh, benefits to salt. And the reason why they tell us salt is bad is because and this is a conspiracy, not a conspiracy theory, yep. is that the the United States economy, uh, they say a third, I don't think it's that high, but let's go with that. A third of all purchases here in the States is healthcare related. Mm-hmm. So if you can tell people, do this and it's better for you when it's really the opposite, yeah. that's more money in their pocket. Right. And they're all in cahoots with each other. I mean, look at the, the three-letter agency. It's called the FDA. Right. The FDA stands for the Food and Drug Associate or whatever the AA is, I forget, agency or something. What the hell does food have to do with drugs? Mm, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so they're yep. all in cahoots with each other and they they tell us to do all these things that make absolutely no sense. It makes us sick mm-hmm. and then we spend money to get better. Well, yep. we think we're going to get better. Yeah. So there's this whole brainwashing thing that salt is bad for you. It's the opposite. That's right. But it's the right type of salt is what you're getting at. The right amount and the right type of salt. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, now moving on to something completely different. Uh, I, I've, I like how we've hit the health, uh, path. Um, I got one that might take you back a couple of years. Okay. Cool. I want to talk about sports and in particular hockey, um, ice hockey. Okay. Do the Jesuits, uh, do, okay. Maybe I'll rephrase it. Do they, do they run the teams? How's that for a better question? Exactly. What yeah. we found five or six years ago, uh, there's this guy in Canada who checked into it. Okay. Is that, uh, like oh, 79 or 80% of professional ice hockey teams are either owned or run by Jesuits. Uh, I, I, the other fascinating thing is that most, most participants in sports across the world uh, belong to Freemasonic clubs. In fact, there was a book written about the Hershey Bears, which is a minor league hockey team, yeah. bragging about how uh, the Hershey Bears were all Freemasons. Okay, that's weird. So how is it? How is it in Australia? Do you think it's the same thing there? The the, the biggest thing that we have to deal with would be uh, game fixing in cricket, which is hey, let's let's say it's uh, it's with a stick and a ball. Uh, but usually when um, on the subcontinent, there's always accusations coming out of that area. But 
other than that, I've heard nothing and I don't know anything, to be honest. So that's why I found it fascinating and I thought I'd ask you. But I, I don't know. Everyone should do this right now. Drop listening to me right now and go to a, their favorite search engine and type this in. Mm-hmm. Type in ESPN, as in, you know, the sports network. Yep. Okay. Magazine, magazine, Yep. soccer fixed. ESPN magazine soccer fixed. Yep. Now it's gone. So let me see if I can find it in a different way. ESPN soccer rigged. Let me try that. Yes, rigged. R-I-G-G-E-D. Okay. And what's the first? Oh, you know what? They got rid of it too. And now it points to red ice. That's not good. Um, you could still go there because it'll probably link to it. But basically, let me let me give the punchline. Yeah. ESPN Magazine. I was at a pizza shop locally, and I was flipping through ESPN Magazine because I was utterly bored by watching their TV. And the the cover story was, you know, is the world something about is the world staged? And it said that literally every single soccer match, hmm. right down to the local pickup game, right, is rigged and fixed. I mean, this is not, you know, Alex Jones crazy land talking about this. <laughs> yeah. This is E freaking SPN, you know, magazine saying that all of soccer is rigged. Now I'm looking, I'm looking, they, they leave a link in Red Ice Creations to the article and of course it's been deleted. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I am of the observation, mm. although it hasn't – I'm a big – I still watch ice hockey and I watch it with my son, in fact, last night. I still enjoy watching hockey and I do not enjoy watching any other sports because I know the odds are it's rigged and fixed and scripted. Hockey is rigged and scripted. I've seen it two years ago. It's blatantly obvious. But I think word is getting out that it's rigged and scripted and I think that they're letting it go real this time. I have not seen one even – close call that didn't go the right way in in the playoffs this year. But if you look back and you look at all of the um, – here's an example. In baseball, this guy hit a fly ball and it went foul. And the guy caught it near the stands and the ball dropped right in front of the umpire. Right. The guy called it out. It literally – he was right there. It dropped. It was on TV. They went to replay. They still called it out. And you see this all throughout sports. Like I'll never forget the Pittsburgh Steelers were playing, I think, the Seahawks. Anyone who are either one of those teams' fans will know what I'm talking about. And Ben Roethlisberger went to go score, and he didn't even get to the one-yard line. And even after – I think even after replay review, they still called it a touchdown. I mean there's numerous examples yeah. of this blatant rigging. So, yeah, to get to your original question, I don't know. I know Jesuits own over 79% of right. uh, professional ice hockey teams. Uh, I don't know about other sports. Right. I just found that uh, fascinating because uh, it's one of those um, uh, subjects you don't hear a lot about. Because, well, no. it makes you think, why would they? Why would they want to own the majority of the hockey teams, you know? Uh, and you can extrapolate from that. But um, can we do another well, question? Oh, sorry. Uh, before, okay. yeah, but absolutely. But let me let me just uh, leave on this note. Freemasons brag privately okay. behind the scenes in their forums that they they are leaders of they have six million leadership positions throughout the world. Right. Do you think there are more than six million leadership positions in the world? Probably not. So they're, they're bragging that they literally run the show. Right. Yep. I understand. Of course, and that's going to get into the the Jews and the Jesuits and the this and that. And we've talked about this last time we spoke off the call. Hmm. I think they all work together. It's yep. it's uh, decentralized. They all have their roles. Yep. That's why I don't point to one group and say yep. they run yep. the show. Same here. But the Freemasons, they, they run oh, six million leadership positions. I don't think Jews have six million leadership positions. Right. Well, um, before we get to something else, since you brought that up, Marcus, a lot of our audience uh, are Christians, and um, many of them are interested in Jews, Judaism, Israel, anything to do with that whole topic. And um, I know you don't mind talking about this, but can you tell us about, you know, your experience uh, being a Jew and uh, why you decided to 
uh, leave that behind? Well, I always say I was born to a Jewish mom and Jewish dad. Mm-hmm. I was forced to go to Hebrew school until I was age 13. That's when you are a quote-unquote man, and you have to have a bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. The only reason I had my bar mitzvah, and we joked about this before, but it's true, is because I knew I'd rake in the cash. I brought in $6,000. It bought me my first car, Volkswagen uh, Rabbit. And that's, that's, that's it. That's all I cared about. I had, I memorized what to say. Yep. I didn't like my family. I didn't like the people who saw me. I right. don't like the fact that Jews are the chosen people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I didn't like anything about it. So as mm-hmm. soon as that was over, it made my parents happy, and then that was it for me. And I am absolutely not – I'm not even atheist. I'm absolutely nothing uh, religious-wise and been that way since 13. Right. Okay. So you don't even regard yourself as atheist? No. See, those are labels. Yeah. And the people who rule us secretly behind the scenes, they give us labels, mm-hmm. which is divide and conquer. Yeah. And no, I just, I don't want to be labeled. I mean, that's like asking me, you know, do, uh, am, am I a, a WrestleMania, uh, fan? Not even a fan. They, they come up with some word that you're a fan. Yeah. No, I, I don't even watch wrestling. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. That's the way I regard religion. That's me. Yeah. Um, I will uh, always give the blanket. I respect whatever you want to respect. Sure. I will not try to talk you out of it. Yeah. I think when it comes to religion, it's right. You know, you can't talk about religion and politics. I think that's a good, good way to look at things because you'll never win that debate. I've tried. It doesn't work. So I'm like, hey, do your thing. Don't try to talk me into your thing. I'm not going to try to talk you into my thing. And I just don't like the labels. Okay. Well, that takes me back to the Amish. Did they ever try and um, convert you to their, their way of belief, Marcus? No, but we have people who knock on our doors once in a while. Okay. Like that, like- that try it. J, uh, JWs. Right, okay. Yeah. But, but, but the Amish have never attempted it with you? No, no, no. They, uh, they're very nice, like I said, to the English, but I think they feel the same way towards us as the English feel towards them. Okay. Which All is right. cool. Okay, yeah. I actually tried to enroll, see about enrolling in their schools, mm-hmm. and they won't let us. Okay. Oh. Why? Because you have to be one of them. You have to be one of them, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, switching gears totally. This is what I like about you, Marcus. You can cover any topic, and you you don't mind when I grind the gears without the clutch. Um, right. What do you? What's your opinion? This is gonna. This is different. Um, I don't know if you've talked about this before. What do you make of UFOs and aliens? Are there little green men flying around us in um, uh, spaceships? Well, those are two questions. Let's start with the second sure. question yep. first. Yep. I, I don't. I don't know. I doubt it. I've never seen one. And the people who tell us – it's interesting. The people who lead the UFO sect, mm-hmm. I guess, yep. they are all ex-members or current members of the military. Right, right. Now, remember, I don't believe in, I don't believe in a lot of coincidences, and yep. I don't believe that coincidence. Yeah. Um, I highly, highly doubt that uh, we are – that people from outside our world come to visit us. Uh, the the reason I say is because I know that if I go to if I go to travel to a foreign place, I take a day trip every week. We love to take the adventure. If I were to see something that was unique to me in my adventure, I would not run away from it. It seems like these green men like to run away from us. Right, right. I would get closer to them and try to communicate with them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not into that, but are there UFOs? We know everyone knows there are UFOs. It's called unidentified flying objects. Right on. If I see a helicopter in the sky and I don't know what it is, it's a UFO. Yep. So I don't go. I don't go that route. But are there little green men? If there are, I don't let it. It doesn't change my life any better. Right. So I really don't fret about it. coincidences because you brought it up i want to tell you about a coincidence that happened um to me recently and then uh, it's just a general everyday one 
uh, and then we can talk about your opinion on coincidences. Um, not that long ago, um, some neighbours of ours, direct neighbours of ours, their, their dog escaped and it got into our yard. And uh, my wife caught it and gave it back to them, right? And let's just say, we'll make up a name. Let's just say the dog's name was, I don't know, Murray, right? Okay. Okay. Because I'm not going to say the dog's name. So my wife hands Murray back to our neighbours. That afternoon, oh, I should point out the dog's name was an unusual name. I should point that out. It wasn't the common name like Rex or Rover or King or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was an unusual name for a dog. That afternoon, my brother's talking to me on the, on the mobile phone and he's driving, right? Which I'm hoping he was doing it hands free. And he's yelling out the window. And, um, I said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just trying to round up my neighbor's dog for them. It's got out. And I said, oh yeah, what's a dog's name? And he said, Murray. And, uh, I said, oh really? So he, he gets hold of Murray, gives back to the neighbors. And, you know, I'm there going, you know what happened to us this morning? And he said, what? I said, our neighbor's dog got into our yard and we had to give it back to him. And its name was Murray too. And that happened on mm-hmm. the same day. Now that was mm-hmm. a coincidence, right? Uh, and I just use that one. It's not a major one. It happened to me. So it's real to me. People might be listening to this saying, so what? But, but it was a real coincidence. So I only use that to introduce the topic. What do you make of coincidences, um, Marcus? I look at life and coincidences as a choice. Right. There are three, cho- there are three choices in life when it comes to coincidences. You can believe that everything in life is a coincidence theory. Mm-hmm. For example, the big one for me is 9-11. Right. I don't know if you're aware of this. On 9-11, there were over 500 celebrities and well-known people mm-hmm. who canceled their flight on 9-11, which was actually, I think, almost twice the amount of people that actually flew on 9-11. Now, if you go contact an airline and ask them what the cancellation rate is, they won't tell you for competitive reasons. Okay. There is no way, zero chance, that twice as many people – who fly on a particular flight, cancel. If that were true, then all airlines would go out of business. Yeah. They they could not rely on that. So you got that, that's a, is that a coincidence that 500 celebrities and well-known people canceled 9-11 on 9-11 on that, on those three flights on 9-11? Right. I don't think so. No, I get your point. And then you've got, um, everything from, from Sandy Hook to the Boston bombing to the Waco uh, uh, fire to the Oklahoma City bombing to the Columbine shooting to all school, sh- school shootings. Mm-hmm. And if you dig deep like I used to, I no longer do it. Mm-hmm. You'll find out it's one coincidence after another. It's always a drill that goes live at the exact same time under the exact same scenario at the exact same location. Right. A lot of people – are beginning to wake up to the fact that there are a lot of coincidences in, li- coincidences in life. Yeah. Did you ever, Garth, did you ever watch the Truman Show? The movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what'd you think of it? Well, it was quite creepy. It's kind of like The Matrix to me. The movie The but wasn't Matrix. It, I mean, wasn't his, for those who didn't watch it, you, you absolutely, if you're listening to this, to me, and you're agreeing with, at least most of what I have to say. You have to watch the Truman Show. You have to rent yeah. this. Yes. Basically what happens is Truman, who's played by Jim Carrey, his father is a producer, and he creates a live reality show 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that follows his son around. Real people are in the background, and they are instructed that if Truman is in the scene, you switch to becoming an actor and you have a role, and then as soon as you're out of the scene, then you're done. You switch back to being a real person. You right. rush home and watch Truman, the Truman Show on TV. And what happens is Truman's life is is one coincidence after another until he finally starts to notice – that maybe life isn't a coincidence. It's rather manufactured, which it was for the movie. So that's the second option is, you know, we have choices. It, every, either a lot of things are coincidences or then there's the flip side, the dialectic, mm. where everything is manufactured, everything is fake, everything mm. is a coincidence. Mm. Now, a lot of people accuse me of thinking on that second. Right, right. 
Well, no. I mean, when I go to the store and I see my English teacher, that's a coincidence to me. Right. I do not think that everything in life is fake and manufactured and a coincidence. So then the third choice and the choice that I take is is the middle choice. Lots of things in life are manufactured and coincidences, manufactured coincidences. And then there is real life. There's things that, yep. you know, just happen, like you said, with the dog. Yeah. So that's the path I take is I'm kind of in the middle. Again, I have one foot in the system, one foot out of the system, and I see it from both directions. And I am honing it and figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out. I don't think I'm even 50% of the way of figuring it out. Right. Uh, but it's awesome. I mean, once you understand that life is manufactured, it's kind of like a death. You go through a range of emotions, you know, if you accept this. That oh, What? You mean the stock market is actually rigged? It's manufactured? It crashes yeah. every 70 years on purpose? Yeah. And you start figuring this stuff out. You see it for yourself. Well, people get really upset by that because the conditioning has been so great. But once they get through all the range of emotions, I get letters and feedback all the time. And they're like, you know, Mark, you're right. Life is really good when you know how to step outside the system. Um, Marcus, we're going to have people um, listening to us right now uh, who think that we're both sitting here in two different continents um, wearing tinfoil hats. Mm -hmm. um, listen, I only said that as a bit of a giggle, but listen, um, if, if – <laughs> well, uh, well, let me stop you right there. You see – if you, I used to, I used to call myself, I used to say when I do these talks and have conversations, mm. you know, a lot of people are going to think, a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this. Yeah. A lot of people are going to think I'm kooky when I say this. Yeah. And I actually had several people who contacted me and they say, you know, you're really marginalizing yourself by doing that. You're feeding into what they want us to, to think. Right. So I don't, I, when I hear the tinfoil hat, which my wife still has never heard that expression before. Um, I, I don't laugh at that anymore because they want us to laugh at that. Yeah. Well, look, um, I tell you, it's it's like being a Christian, especially in this day and age, Marcus. Um, a lot of people find it. Um, they'll scratch their heads. You mean, you know, they'll say you you believe that um, uh, God had a son. His name was Jesus. He sent him to this planet to die for my sins. And you go, yeah. And then, well, then they might as well put a tinfoil hat on me again. Um, you get the double whammy uh, when you're you're a Christian, um, and, talk, and, and then talking about this stuff, and then you talk about this stuff, right? That's exactly where well, I was going. But, um, but here's the thing: everyone has choices, Garth. I mean, sure. you can listen, you can listen to what you have to say, you can mm -hmm. listen to what I have to say, yeah. And you have the choice to believe all of it, believe some of it, believe none of it. You have that choice, right? On. And if someone and if someone comes mm -hmm. down the line and makes it so you don't have that choice. That's when I get agitated. Yeah. We still have that choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm glad you said that. Listen, if you could share just one item that demonstrates media manipulation, right, of public perception or an outright lie, if you like to put it that way, what would that one thing be? Oh, it's no doubt 9-11. 9-11 literally has over 1,000 continuity errors in the, in the script. Right. You know, it's amazing. There are, uh, Chris Kendall talks about this from hoaxbusterscall.com. He talks about how there are websites out there that literally will look at Bruce Willis in a movie. And in one scene, he has a full grown beard. And literally, when they take another shot of him a second later, the beard is gone. Right. And they have these websites that scream, look at that error, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But there, but there is no website out there that shows all the continuity errors in life. And in 9-11, I am not joking. There are 1,000-plus errors with the movie. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the big error. Yeah. If you look at the NBC Today Show helicopter shot, supposedly live, I am convinced not, none of this happened live. Mm -hmm. They show a plane. I'm sorry. They show no plane. And next thing you know, the building explodes, the South Tower, the second building that was hit. Right. Later on the same network, NBC, on the evening news, they eliminated the city sky, uh, the scene. They literally took it out with Photoshop. Right. And they literally put in a plane appearing to go into the building. And they even blew that one because it disappeared. It, the plane comes into view, then it disappears behind the buildings. It waits far too long to make the crash. It should have happened like like that. It was like a second and a half delay, yep. and then the building explodes. So how does one explain in the live shot there's no airplane? 
Yeah. None. Zero. Yep. Can we go and look, then on the evening news? Uh, um, YouTube, Marcus. This is this uh, footage available on YouTube if we wanted to go and look. Well, actually, I have it. There's a a page that I have on my website that mm-hmm. I don't publicly post because okay. I I get way too much pressure about it. But okay. yeah, let me see if I can find it. Um, it's, it is just because I know that people might be asking, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing it myself. You don't have to do it now. I'll put it in the show. Do you, notes yeah. Do you have like night. notes? Do you have notes yeah, you're going to yeah, do for this? Yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Next thing, Marcus. Um, you know, I think you and I agree that um. Uh, there's extensive media ma- manipulation in play today, right? But switching now to social media, do you think it's it's also used to shape the way people think? Because um, just this afternoon I heard a comment on TV, and it was by a guy who's a media commentator, so this is not my saying, I'll make that clear. But he said that in the case that he was talking about, and it would only apply to Australia, people wouldn't probably get it, but he said that... Um, uh, that in that case it was uh, uh, Twitter, it's the Twitter tail that wags the media dog. What are your thoughts? Do you reckon social media is also feeding into some some of this manipulation? No, I would say it's fitting into, uh, it's 100% behind it. All media mm-hmm. is owned by one family. Right. Not six families. A lot of people say, oh, the media is owned by six companies. I've heard that. No, it's owned by one. Okay. It's the Rothschilds family. Right. Everything from Reuters to AP to anything media is owned by one family. Right. This idea that there's competition in the world, and I've gone, I've done tens of hours about the lie about competition. The idea that there's Australia and the United States Mm. and we're different is, is a lie. And the same thing is true with the media. It's owned by one family. Twitter. PayPal, all of the Fortune 500 companies, all the big companies we hear of are all financed by one financier. The front company is called Incutel. Anytime you see Incutel financing a company like PayPal, like Google, like Facebook, et cetera, Mm -hmm. you know that it's funded by the one family. Now, are there, are there people out there like me who is an entrepreneur who's funded by them? No. And that's why it's so hard for us to, you know, 90 plus percent of businesses fail. Well, that's why, because I'm not in their club. Yes. But if you're in their club and you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a big name, you're all funded by one family. Yeah. And you don't have to believe me. You can go look into it. Go look into Incutel. Hmm. Hey, Marcus, have you ever been invited to become a Freemason? Uh, as a joke, yes. I was at oh. an Amish farm. Okay. And I flashed. What, it's called the A-Jason. If you take your, you know what an A-Jason flash is? Uh, no, just talk us through it. All right, so take your hands and form a triangle with your hands, like your thumbs touch the thumb and your uh, yeah. your fingers. Okay. Yeah. Then flip it literally 180 degrees so it's almost painful, yeah. where now the top of the pyramid is literally down yep. towards, pointing towards the ground. Yep. That is a, what is called the A-Jason. Right. And if you flash that to a mason, they know that you know. Okay. So, and then I said, uh, to be one, ask one, which is their little stupid code, mm-hmm. to be one, ask one. Yeah. And he goes, oh, do you want to join? Oh, and I only did it just to prove that, you know, this was, and, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only time it's happened. But you can walk into a lodge. You can even print out an application yeah. online to become a mason. Yeah. Uh, I understand sometimes they'll let you become one. Sometimes you need to have another mason who, you know, it's like a club and you have to know one to be one. That's where the to be one, ask one comes in. Right. But no, not, I've never purposely tried to get in, and I have no desire to go uh, be one. I actually admire the people who join on lower levels because sure. they've been tricked into thinking it's for charity and it's yeah. for good of the people. Yeah. Um, but no, it's not. It's it's no. not. No, look, I do know a couple of um, uh, two or three uh, Freemasons, and one of them um, is the worshipful master of uh, a local lodge, and. Right. Um, to be honestly honest with you, some of the finest men you could meet doing things for other people, uh, you yeah. couldn't meet better people. But I'm I'm pretty sure, <clears throat> and because I haven't said the names or anything about them, it's quite I'm quite free to say this. I'm pretty sure they don't have an idea of the bigger picture. But if they did, they weren't sharing it with me whatsoever, and they never once invited me uh, to join them. Okay, can we do a rapid fire one? 
We can go as long as you want, sure. Mm-hmm. All right, got one for you. Tipping's not big in Australia, all right, but I know that it is in the USA. What's mm-hmm. one form of tipping that you've worked out, you've devised, that helps you stand out from others? And if you've got live, real life examples of how it's helped, helped you, can you tell us what they are? Well, you just gave me a softball because you read my post about that. <laughs> right. Well, that I no longer give out $2 tips and what you're talking about is giving out $2 bills. And the reason I don't okay. is because, um, I had a flurry, uh, recently of negative activity behind it. 20 years ago when I, I, I attempted the same thing and I gave out $2 tips to stand out and mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, get people to remember me. People loved it. But yeah. nowadays, I don't know what it is, whether it's because the economy is so tough. People don't like it. So when you give them a $2 tip, uh, some of the feedback I got was, well, I'm, now you're making me feel guilty about spending that money. It's so beautiful, the $2 bill, and it's special and rare that I'm forced to save it and I can't spend it. I'm like, wow, okay. And then other people literally thought it was like a $1 bill. didn't think it was special. They just put it right in their pocket, didn't even realize it. And a couple of other incidences, plus it's really hard to get these days. So I no longer longer do the $2. I gave up on that a couple weeks ago. I tried it for exactly a month. Um, So what do you suggest for tipping then if you want to stand out? Oh, I I have a great one is – uh, lottery tickets. You can take, you can go buy a lottery ticket. Uh, and I'm kind of mixed emotion about it because I'm, so, I loathe the lottery and what it has done for, for mankind. Right. How it's ruined lives. Mm-hmm. When people win the lottery, I've posted about this. Most people who win the lottery always get divorced. Always. And I get that because you're like, <laughs> you're struggling. You can't make ends meet. You're with that woman who's giving you, you know, who's nagging you all the time. And next thing you know, you got money and you think, man, I'm the man and all these beautiful women are going to get into me. And, mm-hmm. and it, so they get divorced. Yeah. But yeah, what I do is I'll, I'll give out uh, lottery tickets, uh, dollar lottery tickets to people. Right. And the smile on their face is just amazing and they will never forget you. Right. Right. I think just off a good... of $1 lottery ticket. Yeah. It's a good clue. Uh, another one for you. What is the number one killer of human beings in the USA? Yeah, you're definitely reading my blog. That would would be the the combination of the uh, doctor's mistakes and uh, prescription medications, big pharma. Big doctor, big pharma is is the number one killer by far, not even close. You know, we're told it's car accidents or heart attacks. No, it is doctor's mistakes and big pharma. I'm big, as you know, if it's, I can tell you're reading my blog, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't talk as much anymore about conspiracy stuff as I do about uh, right. the other side of the conspiracy stuff, which right. is, you know, health and having a great life. I like it. Yeah. And I, like I, it. I, I think if, if there's one piece of advice that I can leave with whenever we're done and I'll mm-hmm. go as long as you want mm-hmm. is always do what I do. This is what I do. I always do the opposite of what I'm told is good for me. Yeah, when they okay. tell me that eggs are bad for me, yeah. I know they're good for me. Right. When they tell me pasteurization and homogenization of milk is good for me, mm-hmm. I don't get it pasteurized. I don't get it homogenized. In fact, I'm doing a, a big thing about homogenous, homogenous. I can't even say it. Yeah. M- mixing word. mixing the milk so that the fat <laughs> globules, are, you know, are smaller. Yeah. Literally creates holes in the arteries in our bodies. It's it's brutally bad for us. This mm. is why we're all getting sick now. You ever notice that a lot of stuff we're getting sicker? Yeah, all these yeah. things over the last thirty, forty years. Yeah. Well, what, what has happened? We have homogenization, we have pasteurization, mm-hmm. we have the big time vaccines, all these sort of things that again we're we're sold the idea that they're good for us, but all of a sudden when you look at the stats and you look when they were introduced, it is exactly when we become fatter, sicker, etc. I was going to ask so you about. I was going to ask yeah. you about vaccinations, Marcus. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, if the, if I got uh, Henry Kissinger's vac- vaccines, I would take them all day long. <laughs> but we, prof- we, the profane, the public, do not get the same vaccines apparently than, than they do. Um, I actually did, not on purpose, an experiment. Mm-hmm. My oldest son had all his vaccines because I didn't know any better. Right. And I was very proud to walk into the doctor's office and hand over my deductible and I was proud he never cried when he got his vaccines. Yeah. And then I found out about vaccines 
the truth about vaccines. And then my youngest son only had one. That's exactly when I found out. I stopped giving him vaccines. And if I were to compare right now, you know, one's nine, just turned nine today. The other one is 14. Uh, my 14-year-old never gets sick. The one who got the vaccines never, ever, ever gets sick. So that's good for vaccines, right? Right. My nine-year-old never, never gets sick, but he has the same allergy that I have. He he constantly wakes up with um, with this hacking aller, uh, allergy type of cough. Now, there's a way to stop that, and he's almost there, and I have completely eliminated my allergy, and that's the combination of the right amount of salt and the right type of salt with, believe it or not, coconut oil that you rub into your nostrils. Right, right. I am literally have not had a single allergic reaction in over a year now. Hmm. So to get back to the vaccines, yeah, they're both not sick. One had vaccines, the other one really didn't. Yeah. So I, everything's fine. There's a lot of people who are anti-vaxxers yeah. who are saying that it has thermiosol in it, which is true. The CDC, actually, Chris Kendall, again, from hoaxbusterscall.com, mm-hmm. literally Hi, called the, <laughs> Yeah, he called up the CDC, and they admit that they still have thermiosol as a preservative in vaccines. Yeah. Thermiosol is not something you want in vaccines. Right. I guarantee you rich people do not have thermiosol in vaccines. Right. So I'm, I'm not on the fence about it. I would never give a profane vaccine to my children again, only because right. I see that it, it really doesn't help or hurt. Uh, but I'm not going to tell people something that I don't know. I do not know if they're really as dangerous as the anti-vaxxers say. Uh, at the same time, it makes absolutely no sense to me that you would inject, you would inject a sickness into you on the idea that it's going to prevent you from getting it. And I got to tell a real quick story about poison ivy. If you ask any nurse, because I have, who comes into the hospital with the worst poison ivy reactions? It is like a hundred percent the people who purposely rub poison ivy on them to protect themselves from it. Yes, right. in the beginning they're fine; they don't get a reaction, but they're the ones who have to ultimately become hospitalized. Right, right. And that's the way I look at vaccines. It's the same thing. Yeah, maybe in the beginning when you start doing the vaccines, nothing really happens, but then it has a time release type of thing, and then you get whammied. Marcus, tell us about where people can find you on the web, because um, some of these topics I'm going to get emails for, and I'm happy to field them, but um, uh, where can people find you? Sure, I appreciate that. You can go, I blog every single day mm-hmm. at truthin7minutes.com. That's truthin7minutes.com. Okay, cool. Now, on that website, you have a uh, – you've got a line there that says, ask me anything. Yep. I want to know what kind of questions, and I want to hear the weirdest or I want to hear the most mundane. What what sort of questions have you been asked? Because I wouldn't be game to put that on my website, ask me anything. All right, so I'm, I'm going to tell you the one – I just pulled it up. Okay. And I'll just read to you the last question that was asked. Okay. This is very difficult. Hey, Marcus, off the hop, I've never heard that phrase before. What is off? Is that an Australian thing? I don't off know. I don't know. I don't know. He says, uh, I'm assuming Kyle is a he. I want to know that I am a truth seeker of 9-11, wholeheartedly know that it was an inside job, but did find a blatant error in one of your videos. I linked to an article about Shaq and 9-11 at InfoWars. All right, I, I, this is very long. I'll just tell you the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. I have a video that I did three years ago, I think, on 9-11. I put it out. It was about Flight 175 and how the wing of it, – it was a super slow-motion video that I found on the internet, on right. YouTube. I know the one. I posted it in our Facebook group, and um, I uh, copped some flack for it. I know the video. <laughs> okay, and the reason why you got flack for it is because it's 100% true. Mm-hmm. So what happens is it, it looks like the wing is is in front of the building, then goes behind the building. And then I make a couple of other observations like that. It doesn't matter how fast a plane, an aluminum plane, with a uh, with basically a plastic nose cone is yeah. able to go through a steel and concrete building come out the other side like it did on TV on 9-11 with its nose intact. So I made a bunch of little points like that. I literally did that video in like two takes. Yeah. And the first take is because I had to clear my my voice. Yeah. 
I thought nothing of it. I always put out a new video on 9-11 just to let people know that there might be a problem with 9-11. This thing has gone ridiculous. I, I am now guessing that uh, almost 100 million people have seen this video. Wow. I'm the guy they keep referring to as that Facebook viral 9-11 yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, well, I helped it along. <laughs> right. Well, that's cool. In fact, I just had someone – in fact, let me pull this up. Some guy, I've been waiting for this for like four years, three or four years now, for someone to mathematically tell us why this was impossible to have happened, and I think I found it. So I'm pulling it up right now. Do-do-do. Okay, here we go. Here we go. He wrote, the building for which the video was supposedly clipped was the downtown athletic club where the Heisman Trophy used to be awarded. It is 518 feet tall. The upper south east corner of the building right side of the video is roughly 1920 feet from what was the southwest corner of the south wtc tower the impact of flight 175 was roughly centered at about a thousand feet above the ground these points define a right triangle adjacent leg 1980 feet opposite leg 480 feet hypotenuse will be 2037 feet according to pythagoras mm. And then he goes on, the plane was descending, blah, 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 blah. And I'll post this on my site. And basically he said, the plane should not have been in the field of view. Right. Just based off yep. geometry, yep. you should not have been able to see the plane. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is this video was on, do you know who, um, you ever hear the movie Jackass? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so his name is Bam. And, and speaking of coincidences, I literally was – living a mile away from Bam Vigera in Westchester, Pennsylvania when I went to college. Right, right. And Bam Vigera scared the crap out of me because he did these jackass type of things in Westchester. Right. And I went to the same place that he went to go eat, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be on camera with him pulling a prank on me. Yeah, yeah. So in, a, in a, another coincidence, he actually took this Flight 175 video that I did and posted it on his website two days ago. Mm-hmm. It went crazy viral to right. the point where Shaquille O'Neal, you know, the superstar from the NBA, yeah, known as Shaq, yep. he put it on his blog. <laughs> and now, but everyone has deleted it. All of these, from Bam to Shaq, all these people have deleted that video off uh, their blog. Uh. So, I mean, people know that there's there's something wrong with the story. Yeah. They just don't know what it is. Yeah. And that's what I try to do every September 11th. I'll invest a little bit more time and show even more holes. And again, I'm not kidding. Yeah. When I say there are over 1,000 continuity errors about the 9-11 story, 1,000. Well, to, to make it full circle, I would say for me and my generation, 9-11 mm. is what got me to where I'm at right now talking about eggs are good for you. Right. Good point. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for 9-11, mm. I wouldn't have been nearly as skeptical about my manufactured reality as I am today. Right. And I would still believe that doctors care about us and mm. vaccines are across the board good for us, mm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But because I know, actually knew beforehand, let me give you a quick example. Mm. I think when I was nine years old, I remember the propaganda in schools specifically that said that there are too many people on the planet. Garth, right. do you think there are too many people on the planet? No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, there are too many people on the planet. So yeah. that's, the, the again, the dialectic. And one mm -hmm. hand, the government is telling us too many people. Yeah. But then I found out, and they bragged about this, that the government, at least here in the United States, I'd like to know if it's the case with you, were paying farmers not to grow food. Wow. I don't All right, know. so you never, you've never heard of that in no, Australia? No, no. This has been going on since at least the 70s, probably even earlier than that. So – Okay. Me as a nine-year-old, I'm like, wait a second. We're told there are too many people on the planet. It's going to strip our resources away, blah, blah, blah. But in the other, out of the other side of the mouth is we're paying farmers not to grow food. I'm yeah. like, that – are you kidding me? How come no one's outraged about that statement or about that condition? Yeah. And what I found is ever since nine years old, that sort of thing happens – it, again, it's called the, it, they even have a specific name for it. It's called the Hegelian dialectic. It is a dialect. It's, we're going to do this mm -hmm. and then we're going to do the opposite and then we're going to mix the two and synthesize it. Yeah. And then we have this down the middle outcome. Yeah. And if you look at life, it, it's, it's always that way from 
abortion is bad, abortion is good. Mm-hmm. You know, black people bad, white people good. You know, mm. divide and conquer issues. Sure. And then you sent the, you know, vaccines bad, vaccines good. Gender, gender issues, men and women. Yeah, gender, you know, homosexual, transgender. Mm. The, it's like every single issue is, mm. has this dialectic going. And so when 9-11 happened, that, I mean, I fell for 9-11. I, as soon as I saw the 9-11 event, I remember exactly where I was. Mm. I immediately thought remote, con- it was remote control planes. Right. I didn't for a second think that terrorists wearing towels on their head had anything to do with it. Well, now, and then a couple of years later, if I, I watched a couple of movies, then it started to synthesize and I understood, you know, there probably were no planes. It was just a movie what we saw on TV. Yeah. Probably no one died in 9-11. You know, you know, speaking of a coincidence, my roommate from college's wife, ex-wife now, brother, allegedly died in 9-11. Right. So there's all these coincidences tied to it. But the the punchline is this. 9-11 shook me got me to really look at the past events from Columbine all the way up. And when you look into Columbine, did you ever see that movie, a video showing the dummy at Columbine, the, the fake victim? I think I have. I think I have, yeah. Yep. So it's like every time yeah. we look in the past, there's all kinds of, again, continuity errors with, with the story. Mm-hmm. And then it's starting to make sense. You know, our life is manufactured where the reason why they do all this is to scare the crap out of us. Mm. And when we're scared, we – we do things that are not logical. Mm, yeah, that's true. So that's what I do. And I just take advantage of, I mean, if you go to Washington, D.C., have you ever been to Washington? No, but I know you go there a fair bit, don't you? Oh, I just came back yesterday. We're there yeah. all the time. Right. This place is like palatial. It is like stones and beautiful scenery and mountains. Mm, and mm. so I, I take advantage of their system, the same system that manufactures our reality. Mm. And I take full advantage of what they offer us. And right. And and then I don't believe they're manufactured nonsense. Right. And and that's what and my goal is to have a fantastic life and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and um I think the example with you too as well is that um you can do a good job of taking care of your family in the midst of all of this as well. I think that's the point I wanted to emphasize. Yes. Because mm-hmm. cause I know I know it's important to you. Uh just like with John, you know, John Adams, I know his family's yep. important. I'm a family man. It's important to me. And I appreciate other people, you know, uh especially in this day and age, uh, men who take care of their families and I know it's important to you. But anyway. All right, Marcus, listen, uh I really appreciate you coming on to Like Flint Radio. Uh that was fantastic. And um I really uh appreciate you being able to take the uh, unprepared questions and uh, whatever it is I came up to throw at you, even though there was a couple of softballs there for you. <laughs> um, uh, so that was wonderful. Uh, thanks. Thank you. And um, if people want to find you, they can go to truthin7minutes.com. That's right. That's right, Garth. Thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. Fantastic. We'll catch you again. Thanks, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Marcus. And if you've got any comments or suggestions, you can write to me at gk at likeflintradio.com. If you want to mail us on our general email, it's mail at likeflintradio.com. And don't forget, you can find our full catalogue of programs in our archive at www.likeflintradio.com. I'm your host, GK, and until next time, God bless and hooroo.